What is up, people? Welcome back to Double Take with John and Alex Safi. And I cannot start this episode without immediately saying three words, John. Heat in five. Should have been four. Should have been four. Those are my words. The refs blew it. It's not even worth getting into, but... We did it. We, we All season long, especially all playoffs long, this is what we had marked. We said we match up with the Bucks well. We have our shooting. We have our, our wall that we're going to build against Giannis. We're going to shut down the paint. We're going to lock him down. Bam the Giannis stopper, even though Bam didn't spend a lot of time guarding him one-on-one. But we said it, and now... Look at us, John. Look at us, Heat fans. Well, listen, first, I just Back to the, in the first Eastern Conference Finals since 2014 when we had Wade, LeBron, and Bosch. And I never doubted. I picked it. I picked us to win. But I picked us to win in seven against the Bucks. I, you didn't even pick them, Alex. So, well, you know, we both have our apologies to make to the Miami Heat. I'm sorry I doubted you guys. I should have picked you in five games. I mean, John, you can go back and listen. I, I said I was picking... The Bucks. I, was, I, would, I was betting. That's you where I... You picked them to win the title. I said that's where I would put my money. Although, I mean, in real life, I actually did put money on the Heat. I won like 70 bucks. Oh, anyway, no. anyway, uh, I said that's where I put my money. I said my heart told me Lakers, Heat. But quick, before we get too carried away with our Miami Heat excitement, let me give a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about today. So, of course, we're going to talk about the Miami Heat's epic win over the Milwaukee Bucks in five games. Then we are going to talk about the Bucks offseason. What are they going to do with Giannis? How can they better their team? How can they improve? What's going to happen? Is Giannis coming to Miami? Little spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. Then we are going to cover Lakers Rockets game three. Amazing game. We saw. I mean, I, I think we really just saw both of those teams, you know, play almost as good as they could until finally Rondo was the one difference maker, and he he really put the game away. So we're going to talk about Lakers Rockets and Rondo, and then of course we will give. Our predictions for how the Clippers Denver game four and pretty much the series because this is a really game uh, series deciding game. I mean, if it's either two two or or three one, if the Clippers win, that'll be pretty much it. And then we're also going to talk about the Raptors versus the Boston Celtics in game six. But first, let me let's get back, John. Let's get back to the Heat, okay? So as I said, first Eastern Conference Finals since 2014. This I saw this and this was crazy when I read this on Twitter. The Heat have played in seven of the last 15 Eastern Conference Finals, which is about half. The next and next place is probably like Boston with around of those, five. We've gone to the finals, what, five out we've of gone seven? Well, this five, yeah. only one we didn't go was in 05, and if we don't go this year, that'll be the second yeah. one we go. And in 05, let me, I, I, a Heat fan wouldn't listen to that without saying Wade got injured that series, so it really should have been exactly. another one. Anyway, um, so... You know, seven of the last 15 Eastern Conference Finals, which is just incredible. And you just have to give even more credit to our, just our whole, I mean, we talk about it, heat culture. Um, which, actually, we'll get that, we'll get to that, we'll cut that out. Um, but we have to give one specific shout out, John, to the player of the game. He gets the game ball. No, it's not Kelly Olynyk, although he played crucial minutes and probably had the best plus minus in the game. It is I it's Tyler. I this guy. Tyler Hero, the baby go. It was Tyler Tuesday last night, John. Tyler was plus 23. Olenek was plus 22 in the game. Okay, wow. So Tyler edged him out. I remember seeing that like Olenek had come in and we you know, had a huge jump. But Tyler Hero, I mean, we can't say enough good things about him. He's 20 years old. He plays like he's been in the league for 10 years. He just has this, this swagger, this, um, this charisma, and this comfortability on the court and confidence. And it's like, 
There's not this like he doesn't this doesn't get phased by him. This is what a lot of people were saying he's on a, Twitter. He's a culture he's, guy. He's a culture guy, but he did nothing phased him. He just and people were saying this when he hit those big shots in game four, even though we lost. It was like someone remind Tyler Hero that he's a rookie because he's out here and he's and he's just old. hooping. And you look at his birthday, and me and John, we always talk about this. We probably said it a million times. He's only a week older than us. Yeah. You know? I mean, he can't even legally drink a beer, and he's bawling out, taking his. Our team to the conference final. It's going to be interesting when we get our champagne shower. Knock on wood, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so Tyler Hero, player of the game, absolutely incredible. One thing I will say, though, not to be negative, but it, I, something we were arguing about during the game was was I was arguing about mostly Butler, but as, as well, Bam, just being super, super passive. And Butler ended up, I didn't even realize this until just now, looking at the, the, the box score, Butler only shot six shots. Right. Which is just it's just crazy and it and just six assists. So. Once again, it goes back to our depth, John, which is something we've talked about a ton, is like uh the Heat are so deep that our best player can go four for six, which you know, I mean that's that's a good percentage, but he only shoots six shots and it doesn't matter. We're able to to win by nine points right. in, in and a that's crucial why playoff game. During the game I was getting on you because you were so frustrated at the beginning and you're like, We need you Jimmy needs to take over, someone needs to take over, Gore needs to take over. And I was saying, listen, that's not that's not why we eat basketball. It's not what we do. We're, we're a team. And the way that we will take over, it was making a team run. And it's what we did. I remember at one point in maybe the second or third quarter, the lineup in was none, Iguodala, I want to say Olenek, and then either Hero or Dragic. And I think it was like we had four back-to-back-to-back buckets. And it was each of those guys scoring. It wasn't just one dude going bucket, 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 bucket. It wasn't just Jimmy taking over the way he did at the end of game one. We know he's capable of doing it, but it's usually not how we make those runs um, when we start off to a bad start, like we did yesterday uh, in Game Five. Yeah, I'll, I agree with you there. The only thing, I mean, my my, I think you're a little bit misunderstanding what I was. My point was, my point is, you know, in the beginning of the game, when things looked like they were, I mean, we just we looked like a different team in the first quarter. I'll say that the team that not not the team that we've been all season. And when that happened, that's when I expect the people the our you know our leaders Butler Dragic Bam to say all right guys like relax like let me get a few easy buckets let's calm down let's let's get in our in our rhythm and then figure it out and that's why going when we called that timeout I was completely calm about it because I knew it Coach Spo was gonna be that way and Udonis was gonna be that way Udonis was gonna get on the guys right way and Spo said it after the first quarter at the the media they interviewed him whatever TNT whoever it was and he said listen like he just the way he said was so calm our guys want it very bad. I want us to get in our rhythm a little mm-hmm. bit more. I want us to, like, relax and, you know, just make a little run here. Like, when he said that, I was just like, okay. I, I knew I knew at that point, like, he had it under control. I was not being like, oh, no, why is Jimmy so flustered? Oh, no, why, why are yeah. we playing this way? Like, I knew Coach had it under control. UD's going to get on them with, the, you know, the tough love that they need to play better when they're not, when they're, when Jimmy has three turnovers in the first quarter like that. And guess what? Jimmy only ended up with five turnovers for the rest of the game. So I mean, we had, that's nothing. We did have a ton of turnovers. But anyway, good, good point about Spo. I mean, in Spo, we trust. In Riley, we trust. In UD, we trust. These are the guys who, they embody the culture, as we always talk about. But I, I mean, just to sit here, even John, and, and now people, it became expected of us to, to win this, this series once we went up 3 0. It was pretty much, you know, we, everyone counted out the Bucks. And to, to be sitting here be, after beating the Bucks, going up 4 1, I mean, even when my professor asked me a week ago after he found out I was a Heat fan, he said, Oh, what do you think we got their chances against the Bucks? That was the day of game one. I said, Heat in six. 
And today he said, yeah. oh, you know, you were right. I said, well, I did expect the Bucks to get give us to take one more game from us. But, you know, no one really believed in us all season. F- starting from Jimmy Butler leaving the Sixers and people were saying, oh, he's going to go be on an eighth seed. To Colin Coward not knowing who Bam was and saying that our the undrafted players in our starting lineup, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, quote unquote, can't shoot. And then even to when you, we, I mean, look at us Heat fans looking at, looking back a year ago, I didn't feel confident about stuff, like maybe a year and a half ago, about how we're going to get rid of these contracts with Hassan Whiteside and Waiters and, and James Johnson. And you look at what we did. We drafted Hero. We, we, you know, developed Duncan Robinson. We picked up Kendrick Nunn. We ended up getting to trade for Butler, <laughs> Myers Leonard, Jay Crowder, Iguodala, our and whole you, team. You really. saying that reminds me of just the clip of Colin Cowherd. They have two undrafted guys in their starting lineup. I can't pick Miami. Yeah. Miami's not any good. Like, they can't shoot. Or the number one three-point shooting percentage in the NBA. Completely and, like, stupid. the fact that he goes to the two undrafted guys, like, that is just the worst argument. That means nothing. Like, where they got drafted. Mm-hmm. You know, Greg Oden went number one. We've seen guys like... Uh, Draymond Green, Manu Ginobili go in, in the end of the draft. So yeah, and it feels great to be that underdog team. Yeah, yeah. and that's why we see these guys like uh, Colin Cowherd, who like I hate to say, it, and, and even Stephen A. Smith, who like was not high on us into well, it. There's really funny clips where there's literally of him going back and forth, clip of him saying stuff that he, why he doesn't think that he will be good. And st- like right. I saw on Twitter, and stuff like, like, he will think we, we, we will be yeah, good. So it's just he, like he went back and forth so many times, like, oh, they're tough, versus, oh, Jimmy Butler's not going to get it done, versus, you know, yeah. just back and forth. So Stephen A's like that, but I just I definitely think that's because they're talking heads, they're for entertainment, they're not giving us real basketball now. And Colin, I like Colin Coward, he's entertaining, and I like when he gives us little speeches and he shows us different things in a different way that we didn't think about yeah. and whatever. He gives all these weird analogies. To but he exposed himself. Yeah. He exposed himself he, for that heat He tape. exposed himself with, by, by calling out the heat and that's fine because I don't expect him to really watch basketball and know who our guys are and that's what was so rewarding. You should. All year long really watching and not even all year long for the past few seasons this this team has been coming together and to have, watching it as a heat fan does that's the team that i watch more than any other team obviously you know even after like in the playoffs it's the team i, I might miss a bucks versus the magic mm-hmm. but i'm gonna mi- watch every single miami heat first round game even when we were sweeping you know and because i watch every game and during the regular season i watch our games against the kings and the bulls and the bad teams we play i see what we're capable of and i knew we knew going in we knew that we had a shot here, and that's why, you know, all the talking heads, off the, you know, they'll just say, oh, Giannis, big-time player, Giannis is going to win, whatever. And it's funny because even here, it actually started to become a popular take to pick the Heat because yeah. of what we started to look like. But that's why I would say this is officially my favorite Heat team ever. And like you said, Alex, it's just different being an underdog, you know? That's why it feels so great to be a Heat fan right now. We're not going... Eight and one in the first two rounds, sweeping the Bobcats, and then you know winning in five games against the Paul Pierce-led <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. You know with LeBron, Wade, Bosh, and Ray Allen on our team. That's like which is what we did in 2014. We're doing it with guys that most NBA fans don't even know that or didn't know. Or a year ago. Sorry, that didn't know a yeah. year ago, and guys that like like. Colin Coward didn't even know who Bam Adebayo was, who's an all-star now, you know? So, like, we're doing with these guys, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, two undrafted guys, Tyler Hero, Derek Jones Jr., and, like, that's what we've we've seen us do for years. The Tyler Johnsons, the Josh Richardsons, uh, the Hassan Whitesides, the guys that we find in the G League mm-hmm. that become starters and potential all-stars in the future and that end up just balling for us. That's what's so beautiful about this team. It's literally all those guys. And everything's clicking now because now we have we – have, 
we have Jimmy, who's the like he's the guy that kind of he really like he like kind of legitimizes everything. Like without Jimmy, I think we were great, and it's clear when we when he's not playing, we we're, we're great. Without yeah, we're like we're playing the really Pacers le- without Jimmy. He really legitimizes us, and I mean, look at that game one. Game one or game ones are in the playoffs are very crucial, and Jimmy was the guy who closed it out for us in the end of the game. So we have Jimmy, and then that, and he's the thing that like, I think he's so important to this team, and he he brings everything together. Right. Okay, so I think we've, we've done our share of, of exci- being excited Heat fans and cocky Heat fans for now. We'll, maybe we'll talk later about a little preview for who we're going to face in the next round. But, John, we got to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. To put it blatantly, I mean, they kind of choked. Everyone, Ryan, I was telling you this yesterday, John. Everyone is going to remember two things. They're going to remember they, they, the Bucks lost in, four, in five, excuse me, and they're going to remember that Giannis got hurt. And I'm starting to question. I think in the next no. year, few years, people are going to be like, oh, well, Giannis was hurt. That's why they lost, not knowing that, hey, listen, we were up 3-0 when Giannis was in the lineup. It really depends on looking back on Giannis's career. Like, let's say he, Giannis becomes one of the, I'm going to say top 10, but a top 20 great player ever, which seems reasonable given the fact that he's a back-to-back MVP, a defensive player of the year um i think we'll just look back on this as almost as like lebron's first stint with cleveland like he he didn't and i'm not saying he's gonna come to miami like lebron did but i think Giannis still only what 25 years old yeah he's still got a lot of you know 10 seasons hopefully of at least five prime seasons left and i think we're gonna see i think we're gonna see him at least get one chip and that's gonna be with a better roster than this one that he left on so i think the more of a takeaway would be coaching and the the poor just roster that i mean i don't say poor roster but well not the perfect roster for him so here's what i'll say john and everyone right now is doing the whole uh you know he's more like Shaq. he needs a guy like kobe he needs which, a by guy, the way i said on this podcast which, like three weeks ago which i think what i've seen what the playoffs exposed to me the past two years of watching the bucks is that because Giannis is so great i think he almost I don't say overachieve, but he he's they're able to have, have be very successful during the regular season. But once you get into the playoffs, it's a it really is a different game. And what, what we saw in this series is we slowed the pace down. They couldn't get out in transition. Giannis couldn't get the easy buckets where he blows by everyone and, and outmuscles everyone because we packed the paint and he wasn't able to be as effective as he was. Additionally, additionally, yeah, yeah, and additionally, his supporting cast wasn't as effective. Why? Because guys like Eric Bledsoe can't really create their own shot, and guys like Chris Middleton, who even though him like even, almost twenty million a year, yeah, and, and guys that. like Chris Middleton, who's gonna be paid you know forty million a couple oh, years down God. the line, he turned into Kobe for that one quarter. But he's a guy who also isn't great at getting. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird because so you see him do it during the regular season. You saw if him, he was consistent in the playoffs. Yeah, right, in the playoffs he just doesn't show up. So if you could get a guy that's that's maybe older. A better, better at handling the ball, can yeah. get shots. Forget and like, age. Yeah. I'll give you the, the list of guys. It's guys like Bradley Beal, Victor Prime, Victor Oladipo. If, if his injury is healthy, yeah. Devin Booker, um, uh, Iris Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. I think those crop of guys. Like, I'm not saying he needs Luka Doncic. Luka's a top five guy yeah. in the league right now. I'm not saying he even needs a guy that's as good as Dwayne Wade was playing with LeBron. But he just needs the shot creator. And, and I said this on the podcast a while ago. Like. If you could really put together what Bledsoe does and what um, and what Middleton. Middleton do, and you morph them into I one player, I don't I really think agree that's with that it. though. Because I don't think it's like a, a Kemba Walker type of guy, maybe even a Kyle Lowry. Like honestly, like any of those guys, that's even Goran Dragic. I mean, they have they, they, their problem was definitely their point guard, and 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 they don't have anyone who can really fill Giannis's gaps 
the way you'd want them to. Giannis is a guy, I mean, we know his strengths. He's he's an athletic freak of nature. He um, is extremely, of course, strong. He can get to the basket. Just dominating the paint. But he it's can't, but guess what? It's like Shaq. He can't, Shaq needed exactly. He Kareem can't, needed magic. And, of course, he's great at defense. But he can't shoot. So if you can get into guys who can shoot but also handle the ball more, then then that's that's what's going to, you know, that's how you're going to unlock Giannis even, and I Giannis swear, even Alex, more than they have. We've argued about this before. I swear for the past, like, six months, a year, I've been telling you this about Giannis. Like, because that's what I saw last like last year. They got Coach Bud. They weren't a 7 or an 8 seed in the, in the East playoffs anymore. They went to a number one seed, and we were all like, oh, my gosh, I want to see them dominate the Warriors. But you know what? They couldn't get out of the East. And why we saw it happen, uh, Toronto created the wall. Even though they were up 2-0, what did Toronto do? Every time Giannis would get down the line, they threw three dudes at him. They would trap him. They made the wall, and he had to pass it. He couldn't just dunk over five players. And that's what happens. When you get double team in the playoffs, MJ needs to pass it to Steve Curry. He needs to pass it to John but, Paxson. And he doesn't have and, – and, and MJ, forget that because he's still the guy to make that shot. But Giannis isn't even the guy to make that mid-range shot. The reason he needs that shot maker, and Middleton wasn't it, and neither was Bledsoe. Yeah, and the reason, so I'm gonna push back, and and it, but to me that's not. I think in the past you've said that it's because of Giannis's like it's his like uh, downfall, and it's his it's where he's it's his shortcoming. To me, it's their roster shortcoming that there was not a guy on the team that we were really afraid of after Giannis. Middleton had, like I said, one quarter where he turned into like, you know, Kobe Bryant or, or yeah. whatever. So, but but other than that, well, this, but it, we were not really worried about Middleton. It was more, you know, right. we're going to, we're going to make sure we, we get, make as our, Giannis's life as hard as possible. And if, and if the other guys are going to, you know, play well, then like we'll live with it. Yeah. And you're right. It's the fault of the roster, but it's because of the game Giannis plays. And it's not anything against him. Would you still want Giannis on your team? Yes, 100 times out of 100, you want Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team. The same way you want Shaq on your team. But guess what? Shaq didn't do anything until he had a prime Kobe or a prime D-Wade. And even they made it to the finals, he still had uh, his sidekick, his guard, and Penny Hardaway. Um, so that's how they were able to do it. And now getting just to the future of this Bucks team, Giannis said after the game, you know, hopefully we can build a culture. By the way, he used the word culture, buzzword. Yeah, he, he, in he's, Miami. he's talking about the heat. I'm I sorry. mean, he just, yeah. he just, that's, that's the message. He's he said we can build us. a culture in Milwaukee for many years so that we can go back to the finals, blah, 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 whatever. And he even said this in 2018 after LeBron went to LA, my goal is to win in Milwaukee. I would never leave for LA. Like, whatever, I would never do that. Who also, it's funny enough, we also heard Kevin Durant make this comment. Like years and years. Yeah, ago. this is like like, ten, like this is literally when LeBron like, went what, to Miami, Miami, or maybe it was when Dwight Howard went. Whatever. It was like let's go right at these dudes. You know, Katie. Well, that. the other quote. So, wait, really quick. While you're saying quotes of Giannis, he also said some people see a wall and they try to go around it. They go in another direction. He's like, I'm gonna power through right. it. Right. So, but I always want to call BS on that, Giannis, because okay, really, Giannis, you want to win in Milwaukee? You want to build a culture there? Sign your extension. Let's see it. Sign your extension. But you know what? He's not going to do that because he wants to maintain his leverage over the organization and he wants to maintain the ability to test free agency in less than a year from now and come July 2021 and potentially test. Do I want to go to Toronto? Do I want to go to Miami? Do I want to go to Dallas? And he's going to do that. So you really want to win in Milwaukee, the honest. So sign your extension. You can you can be like but, Damian Lillard and stay with your team forever. So no, I think you're coming at it from like seeing it from a Kevin Durant when he was on Golden State perspective of like all season long. Kevin Durant was like they, everyone was looking at the free agency and, and the rest of the team was like, all right, well, what are you doing, bro? Like we're not gonna trust you. Whereas with the, I'm gonna more compare it to when LeBron in his second stint with the Cavs 
was signing a ton of like one and ones. He never locked himself down. And the reason is not because LeBron wasn't committed to Cleveland, although yeah, and he ended up leaving, but but LeBron was still committed before he'd won, I'm going to win a championship for Cleveland. The reason he was signing one-on-ones was to keep pressure and leverage on the front office. So guess what? You can't get lazy. You can't, you know, give up. You can't, guess what, Cleveland? Uh, you're going to have to try to trade these picks and make and make trades to, to win for me. Just like Giannis is saying, yeah, guess what? I'm going to leave that free agency open. If I can win in my Milwaukee, I'm going to want to do that. But if you don't give me the, the pieces and the teammates that I need... Then I, guess what? I will walk out the right. door. He, Whether or not he really saying. wants to, he's he's leaving that door open for him. So he, so the front office has to you know make moves. I guess the direct quote that I'm talking about is when he says he want to build a culture and you know compete out here for years and years. No, I come. think he means like, it. Kevin Durant wasn't saying the years and years thing while he was you know in his, one of his last two seasons with Oklahoma City. LeBron wasn't doing that with Cleveland because they had been already testing that out and. Here we've seen them tested number one seed two years in a row. And that's why now I need to get to the point of when a team has a shortcoming, who do we blame? We, we always blame the coach when a team underachieves. Unless it's like, you know, LeBron in 2011 just having a complete meltdown. Yeah. It's not like anyone was wildly doing not doing what they usually did all season. I mean, I guess to be honest, we, what we did, we shut him down. But that's more of the coaching that I would say in the system. And I just think... Sadly for Coach Bud, he's just not the coach. He's a great coach. He can get you 60 wins in the regular season, but he's not the coach that's going to make adjustments on the fly. And that's why Coach Spo was like uh, Kendrick Perkins said this uh, on a first take today. He was calling out Stephen A. and Max Kellerman because they didn't point the finger at Bud. And Kendrick was saying Spo coached circles around him, and he really did. <laughs> Spo just don't like. I mean, and, and it got to the point where. You know, during the regular season, we went 2-1 and one against them. And the one time they beat us was in the bubble. We were up 23, and Middleton and Giannis combined for, like, 70 in the game. They combined and we, 66. We didn't. I think it was 70. And we didn't even have Goron or Butler in that game, right? So we almost we were up 23 against them, and we didn't even have our top two guys. And so the one time, I mean, like, so we get to the point after games one and game two where I'm like, I don't even know how this team what the blueprint is for them to beat us. I guess they're hoping it's another close game and they get a foul call at the end of the game. Well, but just for what we did for the whole series, it was like Coach Bud didn't make any good judgments. It's not like he's changed the starting lineup. He didn't He didn't make any different that's the thing. defensive like switch or anything. What, what were they going to do? He did this. He was coaching the same way that he was coaching throughout the regular season, which was, I mean, in the regular season, Giannis averaged 30 minutes a game. In the playoffs, Giannis <laughs> was probably... Was, I didn't even think about it. That was so bad, too. He didn't even play his players. Giannis averaged... I'll tell you how many minutes he averaged in the playoffs. 30 minutes. 31 minutes. So, I think that that, that, yeah, that gets dragged down, obviously, from his the injury last game. Last game, yeah. And, but... Throw that outlier game out. But, yeah. Which, yeah. But at the same time... But I also want to put some blame on Giannis, John, because although, you know, it looks like Mike Budd, Mood Budenholzer, didn't really, you know, change his, his plan or anything from the regular season, which in the playoffs, you definitely have to what I saw Giannis do in the beginning of game four so in the first quarter and first I think when he get injured the second quarter so like the first quarter and a half that was when Giannis like that's when I could tell he's like all right I'm not letting my team lose I'm putting my head down if I have to get through everyone I'm gonna do it and what he had like 18 19 points he only played he played less than a half John he had around 18 or 19 points right, 19. meanwhile he averaged the rest of the, the rest of the other three games that he played he averaged 22 
So you're telling me in the in those other games, like if you I just think Giannis should have had that mindset after going down 0-1. I you agree. know, you go down 0-1, Giannis needs to say that's it. Let me put the team on back. But definitely after you go down 0-2. I would add some heat. I don't want to say fatigue, but you beat a team three times in a row, and eventually by the fourth game, you're a little bit more spent. And I think Giannis mixed that. It's it's the complacency mixed with Giannis being like, I'm back against the wall. I'm not letting my team lose. And you're right. He should have looked like that after game one, after after game two and game three. And then they went down 3-0, and we finally saw it from him. Yeah. But I would also say, I, I, I the reason I'm not blaming him as much is because we saw him make a lot of the right plays. And, you know, in the beginning of game one, I said, I looked at it and I was happy because he, Giannis, was, at the beginning of game one, they, they were going off against us. I think they had an early, like, 10, 11-point lead. And that's because Giannis was hitting far-out shots and um, he was passing the ball to his teammates who were making them. But eventually he started doing that over and over and over throughout the rest of the game. He, missing, he was missing his jump shots and his teammates weren't, Making everything yeah. the way Chris Milton shot, he shot too many jumpers. That's true. So eventually, so that was the blueprint. We wanted to say, all right, this is the one thing that they center the whole team around. We want to get rid of that, and we're gonna make Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton and Dante Divincenzo beat us. And you know what? Chris Middleton did beat us that one game, and it was because Giannis was hurt, of course. Um, but that's my point. There is that to me, it's more so what the coach didn't do, and I think he should get fired. Okay. Four straight games he lost last year to the Raptors, and it was n- pretty much four games this year. Yeah. Again. I mean, you could, you, could, you could say five, but, right. but um, yeah, I mean, that would be interesting. I don't know if we'll get fired. I would be a little surprised just because I, I feel like they kind of trust Bud and, like, he's our guy. But at the same time, this is a lot of pressure on them in general this offseason. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough about the Heat and the Bucks. Now, John, let's move on. The other game that we watched last night was the Lakers versus the Rockets in Game 3. And so, something Nick Wright has been saying is which I definitely don't agree with this, but it's an interesting point after watching last game. He said, the only team that can beat the Lakers, even when the Lakers play their A game, is the Rockets. And the, and whoever wins this series will win the championship, which I think is crazy. I think, I mean, if, you, if you're picking the Lakers, that's one thing, but the Rockets, just because they beat the Lakers doesn't mean they're going to win the championship. Anyway, um, and I think we saw it last night. We saw in the first half, the Lakers come out, and I was at halftime, I was like, Oh my gosh, what is happening? LeBron had his best first half since 2018 in the game, a game one of the finals in 2018. Right. And Davis also had a solid half. I think by, by, by LeBron had, I think, 29, 29 points. 29 in the first 10 half. 10 for he was, 14. And he, was he had on four, pace for 60 points. He hit four threes. Yeah. So I'm like, that's all happening. And it was still a really close game. I don't remember. I don't think they even had the lead. But actually, yeah, like they were down three going into halftime. So yeah. LeBron had 29 points in the first half. And they're down three. And Davis was, had like almost 17. Davis and was, had almost 20. There you know? I was thinking, all right, this looks like it could go seven because LeBron and Davis given their A games and it's a close game. They're down and, three. And my takeaway at halftime, I was like, wow, this team is really just LeBron, Davis, and just a bunch of guys. There's, a, there's no like guy who's like, I'm the third guy. And guess what happened? In the second half, mainly the fourth quarter too. Yeah, mainly the fourth quarter. We saw LeBron and Davis continue their dominance, and Rondo emerged, and he said, hey, I am, I'm going to be the third, guy. the third guy. In his last two games, he has, I think, 18. Yeah, he's had nine assists in each game, so he has 18 assists total. So he's done something for this team that, you know, all season long, we've had LeBron as their point guard, which it's a, that's another discussion about LeBron's position and what he does and whatever. But LeBron has been the point guard, so they haven't really had any other playmakers. And with losing Rondo going into the bubble... That was something that I think they definitely suffered from. And now Rondo coming back, it's another guy. It, well, it's, it allows LeBron to be like, all right, I can be more of a scoring role than, than just having to 
facilitator. He'd be the facilitator yeah. as well. Also, LeBron de- didn't have a lot of assists last night. And also Rondo defensively, yeah, defensively, Rondo helps so much as opposed to having you know Caruso in the backcourt guarding Russell Westbrook or James Harden. You know, so Rondo takes a lot of pressure off them. And again, just like going into the halftime, going into the fourth quarter, it was 82-82. And then I'm sitting like, all right, this looks like a seven-game series. It's game three. And it wasn't the game three we saw from the Lakers in the first round against the Blazers. Tied 1-1 the series. Lakers go out and just dominate the Blazers. The game, the series was over after game three. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this game, I don't know. I think this one's going to – it looks like it could go seven. And then Rondo took over. So the thing is, I don't know if I'm going to count on – even though he's got, you know, please name his playoff Rondo now. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to count on Rondo to win every fourth quarter for them. So LeBron had 29 in the first half. I was like, all right, what's he, what's he going to do in the second half? Is he going to have to just continue the scoring outburst? Of course, he slowed down. He only had, a, I believe, you know, six in the second half. He ended up with 35. But – I don't know. If Ronald can continually produce for them, then of course I think I'm going to stick with this pick and pick them to win the championship. Well, no. I agree with you there, John. I don't expect Ronald to to come out and hit... What, how many threes? He had three threes last night. He was three for five. I don't expect that to happen. But like I said, something that he really does open up for the team in general, whether or not he's hitting shots, is being that playmaker. So he's he's played... In the last two games that he's played, LeBron has had five assists and he had nine assists. But if you go back and look... From the from game one of the playoffs, LeBron had this is his, these are his assist counts: 16, 7, 8, 10, 10, 7, and then he had nine in game two versus Houston when Rondo also had nine. And then last night, LeBron we saw LeBron scoring at an incredible this is probably his best scoring game, not his highest scoring game uh, of the of the playoffs, but, it, but probably his best, his most efficient one. And because we saw him also hitting 44% of his threes. But I think that's only because Rondo is being more of a playmaker and allowing for LeBron to not have to worry about getting everyone else involved because now there's another guy in the court who can do it. Right. Definitely big for him, especially going into their series next round, which I believe will be against the Clippers, especially after what we saw in game one. But the Denver Nuggets did respond back game two. Before game three, a close game, the Clippers just came out and sat on him again and... Trounced from the fourth quarter. What do you think, Alex, about the Clippers Nuggets series? Do you see the Nuggets making this interesting and maybe stealing one more game, or is this series over? Well, I don't really agree that they that the Clippers sat on in game uh, three. In the, um, well, I'll say this: in the fourth quarter, it looked similar to that Rocks. It was close. The Nuggets had the game for a lot of it, and then the Clippers did what they did. They have this weird. They have this on switch, like a lot of great teams we've seen in NBA history. They flipped the on switch on, and they turned it on, and they ended up pulling that game out. Well, here's what I'll say: Game two, the game that the Clippers. Or excuse me, that the, the, the Nuggets actually did win. That kind of surprised everyone. Um, Kawhi Leonard had zero points in the fourth quarter. All right, now you go to this game. Game three, it's too. tied 1-1. It's tied 1-1. It's game three. The game is close. Kawhi had hits only one shot in the fourth quarter, and they still lost. Yes, Paul George probably had his best game of the playoffs. Wait, who lost? The, so, excuse me, the Nuggets still lost, even right. though Kawhi you know, didn't have a great fourth quarter. Yes, Paul George had his best game of the playoffs, but I really want to put a lot of blame on Denver, and I know Jokic in, la- in those last two games has averaged 29 points and 15 rebounds, so he's been incredible for them, he's been, you know, torching their team, we, he saw Zubak fouled out in game three, um, and he's been the key against against um, the Clippers right now, but for them to close out that game, it was a close game, just, they ended up losing by six points, you can't be going, and what, ha- what happened was they would run the pick and rolls, and every time the guy who got open... To my, you know, uh, disappointment was Jeremy Grant. 
Jeremy Grant three times in a row. It's it's like under three minutes left. The game's on the line, and three times in a row, Jeremy Grant, who ended up five for fourteen for the game, is shooting a shot. The guy who's shooting the shots at the end of the game needs to be one or two or three guy. Actually, Porter Jr. was also playing a good game, so I went up, but he wasn't on the court because defense. Actually, no, he was. Anyway, Porter Jr. can be shooting, but I want it to be Murray or Jokic and maybe Gary Harris. When when Jeremy Grant is struggling all game. I don't care if he's open. You need to move the ball because watching that happen three plays in a row when yeah. there was a game that was very winnable and a crucial game. Going up 2-1 against a juggernaut like the Clippers is huge. Not to say like not to say that that's game over, but forcing the Clippers... would not have been game over yet. Or excuse series me, series over. Series. So, so forcing, forcing the Clippers to really turn it on and go, all right, we got to win four out of the next five games, that that you know that would have been huge. But of course, Denver loses it and, and, and it, it, it sucks even more because losing game one was a complete blowout for... For for Denver and like they, they they didn't really stand a chance. But this game, you look at it, and you're like, man, they really really should have and could have won. Jamal Murray could have played a lot better yeah. too. But they of course, against... Jeremy Grant out there for defense. But you're definitely right. But also, no doubt, Jamal Murray, he's got his work cut out for him, and that's what was so yeah. awesome to see in Game Two. He had two sick plays that everyone was playing, you know, on Twitter, Sports Center for the next day of him. One move against Kawhi, scoring on Kawhi, and then one move against Paul George, scoring yeah. on Paul George. That's who is on him. So, And that's why this series was going to be an uphill battle for them to even win in the first place, especially coming after a seven-game series against Utah. But well, That's why Jokic has been so good and also so right, important. To dominate on Zubac. So, yeah. Alex, who, who are you sticking with the Clippers to win this series? So, yeah, the Clippers are going to win this series. Do they um, win tonight? Game tonight four? for game four... I don't see Denver winning. I guess I would be pretty surprised if Denver was, Denver was able to win. I think um, the Clippers are, they're starting to, I don't want to see this, see this whole like, you know, switch to turning it on, whatever. But I think with, we, we saw Kawhi, probably his two, not to say that he was bad the last two games, but his to his least good. Yeah, yeah. To, to his standard, the last two games, he hasn't been great. And those are two winnable games for, for Denver. And I don't think we're going to see much more of Kawhi not playing well. So I, I don't expect Denver to win tonight. I think the other night was the night for them to win. The Clippers are going to go up 3-1. And then that's pretty much going to be it for the De- for Denver. And then lastly, Alex, tonight we got Raptors and we got the Celtics. If the Celtics win, they will face us, the Miami Heat, in the conference finals. Who do you got in game six? Okay, I, I'm not... I, I'm just putting this energy into the world. I, I'm not thinking in my head anymore. The Raptors are going to win. This this is going game seven. I don't care who wins in game seven, but the Raptors are winning tonight. It's going game seven. The Heat are getting a few extra days of rest. They're going to take whoever, you know, whoever wins that battle, which we don't care. But, John, what do you, what's your I'm, prediction? I'm actually going to pick. I think Celtics are going to close it out tonight in six games, even though before the playoffs, I thought this series would go seven. I do not love what I've seen from the Raptors, specifically from Siakam. He's the best player. He should be playing a lot better. Even to the point where his coach, horrible quote from Nick oh Nurse. Oh, my God. I hate it. I was like, was what are you doing, Nick Nurse? A, like, a bad, like, as a leader, bad. What he was, was it? Call, do you have he was it? calling out Siakam. He essentially, I'll, I'll, I'm just paraphrasing, but essentially he was saying, yeah, you know, it's a real bummer that Siakam isn't playing better. He was such an important player for us in the regular season and, and last, last playoffs. Year. Yeah. Last year in the playoffs. He's, he no, he said, I don't know. This is The quote was, I don't know why he's, or I don't know why he's struggling so much. Horrible. He's been great for us all season and in last year's playoffs too. Yeah. Hey, coach, take some extreme ownership, okay? <laughs> Jocko style. Well, it's like just just don't like hang your guy out to dry in the in the, yeah. pre- in the interview, in the press After conference. A, this is game five blow up. So yeah, I'm gonna pick the Celtics close out. And actually, forgetting the timetable, Alex, I think the Eastern Conference Finals are slated to start 
like September 15th. So today's the 9th. I think it's like in a week. So I think mean? the Eastern Conference Finals. They're not going to start. No, so they're going to start. Well, you think about it like this. Dude, does the NBA want to have the Eastern Conference Finals way ahead of the West? Because this the, the Lakers could go seven with the Rockets. And who knows? Even the the Ooh. Denver, if Denver wins one about more that. game, they could win in uh, that series could go six. So they don't want the Heat or the Celtics or the Raptors, I guess, if they win the next two games. They don't want them waiting for two Up to a full week. weeks Would it be before two the weeks Western, Conference or, Western Conference Finals are over. That. That's pretty crazy. So regardless of whoever wins, whether uh, the Raptors win in seven or whether the Celtics win in six or seven, um, whatever happens, I think the next week is going to be put aside for rest for all those teams. So thank God I'm glad the Miami Heat are able to rest. Wow. I mean, yeah, lastly, we took care of business early. so We did it. Lastly, before we conclude this episode... We got to talk about our safe bets. But first, Alex, are you switching any of your picks for the finals because you picked the Bucks? Do you, are you switching it up? You're going with the Heat? You're going with the Lakers or Clippers? Who do you got to, uh, instead of the Bucks to win it all now? Yeah, so, John, my team did get knocked out. The team that I picked, the, but not the team that I really picked. So, <laughs> the Heat are going all the way. We're, we're going to beat the Lakers in the finals. <laughs> And you heard it here first. Heat in four over the South. Heat in four over the Lakers. A 16-1 and one playoff. That's right. 16-1. Greatest team greatest. of all time. No, 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 I'm just kidding. But I so going to, to next series, John, I think, I mean, it looks right now, the, the Celtics are up 3-2. We're probably going to play the Celts. I, I, you know, I guess I'm most afraid of the Celtics compared to the last two teams that we've played. But I, the only guy that I'm really, actually really terrified of is more like a Kemba Walker who's playing at, at an elite level. I, like, I know you probably are more worried about Tatum. Brown has been garbage in this playoffs. Tatum scares me. But and T- of course Tatum is probably the best player on the team. But against the Miami Heat, John, the thing that we are gonna struggle against the most is a point guard like Kemba. If Kemba is going and Kemba's playing, you know, as as good as he's been in these playoffs, he it's gonna be tough for us. And starting lineup, you look at it. Who, Who's guarding him? Probably Goran Dragic. Yeah, so Goran hasn't been garbage as uh, on defense. Probably but, gonna have to. Hide Duncan and put him on uh, Marcus Smart when he's in the game. From we're assuming Hayward's going to miss the beginning of the series. But I do expect us to run lineups, even more defensive lineups, um, against the Celtics than we did against the Bucks. Although Spo always does a good job. If we have like Duncan and Hero, or Duncan and Gorn, or Gorn and Hero, he usually has those other guys. Like he'll have like Jimmy, Andre, Bam. Bam you know, so he always makes sure that we have a good amount of de- defensive players. But I think what we're going to see in this series um, is, if it's a Celtics, Raptors is kind of another story, but if it's a Celtics, I imagine that we'll do more um, defensive lineups because they have three and potentially four guys. Gordon Hayward can come back. That's like, you know, these guys can, on any given night, go for 30. Honestly, ew on just Hayward, and like they need to get rid of him already. I think he's going to be, he has a player option after this year, which he'll probably take to make that money. But the fact that they're this good without him just means they didn't need him in the first place, which... I'm not feeling bad well, for you Celtics fans at all, but I, that's a gross contract I would never Addition want. by subtraction? Yeah, they need to get rid of them. All right, but now we got to get to our safe bets of the week. But first, I got to just explain myself, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I was picking all the Celtics. I I, I was 3-1 in our, my four safe bets that we've done the past few weeks on the show. And I, I picked, a, I didn't pick the Celtics again. And I won with the Nuggets, minus 8.5. Or I'm sorry, plus eight and a half in game one against the Clippers. They got annihilated. You also picked the Clippers in that one, so you won. So now you're two and three. I'm three and two with my safe bets. So I got to go back to what was working for me. 
I was gonna, I, I, you know, if I had picked Ugh, the Celtics, disgusting. If I had picked the Celtics, I would have been four and one. So you know what? I gotta go with the Celtics again tonight, Wednesday night, minus three and a half, Boston. I got them closing out the series against the Raptors. Who are you going with, Alex? Celtics minus three. You know, I actually have something written here on the paper. I have, I have, LA minus five in game four against the Rockets, but. I, I just I'm sick of you picking the, the Celtics, so I'm actually gonna pick against the Celtics. I'm picking Toronto. Toronto's winning Game Six, and I have and I have three points too. So let's say it's a close a game. Half. I mean, listen, I know we, we just we, we they just got annihilated. We just Alex. we were just uh, you know talking trash about Pascal Siakam and how he's been you know absolute garbage this series, but I refuse to believe that he's gonna play as terrible as he's played in the last five games. And yes, is that wishful thinking? Yes, it's wishful thinking. Hey, but Siakam's going to come out. For game and seven. Fred Van Vliet. Oh, actually, quick stat for you guys. In games that Fred Van Vliet shot 38% or over in from three-point range, they won. So when Freddie's on, the the Raptors are in the game. And, and last game, he went two for seven from, from three-point range. In game one, that ugly loss for the Raptors, he went two for 11. And in game two, or another loss, he went... He went three for twelve, so he's finally gonna come in. He's gonna hit like five to six to seven threes, and and they're gonna win. Screw Boston. Basically. Hey, I'm I'm here for a game seven. I just don't think it's happening. Boston's gonna win in six, and then the Heat are gonna take him on next round. Well, yeah, and who you have against in, against the Heat, John? How about that? I'm gonna stick with my bracket. Lakers over you Celtics in the me. final. You sicken me. Uh, I'm not me. I'm not jinxing anything right. on my team. What a terrible note to end the show on. But I'll end with a better one. Thank you all for listening. As always, go Heat. Have a good one.